This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When it comes to radio, AMP hits different. AMP is a free live radio app where anyone can hop on the mic and play the music they love. From hip-hop to house music to heavy metal, discover new-to-you tracks and playlists made by music lovers who know what's good. And that includes you. Jump in the chat or call in to share your taste and add your own picks to the mix. Download AMP. That's A-M-P for free in the App Store or go to onamp.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off the Mess. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and I am so glad to be back on the microphone. I don't know why. I'm so sorry if I sound a little hoarse. I don't know what's going on. There's like kind of a weird little weather shift happening in Detroit. And okay, I don't even know why I'm talking about the weather. That is like the most boring way to start off a podcast, but here we are. Um, I just want to play a little catch up here because it's been a little while since I've been on the mic. Um, I saw the Elvis movie over the weekend. I went with my friend Gracie. I can't stop talking about it. I can't stop watching old Elvis YouTube videos. I can't stop talking about Austin Butler. Her and I have become Elvis obsessed. So the night before we went to see Elvis, we were like getting ready for it. And we went out and we kept doing like the wiggle and like we kept trying to get people to do the wiggle for us. And if you don't know what the wiggle is, then go watch literally any clip of Elvis. Um, So that was interesting. And then we saw it. And so I got to be honest, I love, I don't love Baz Luhrmann, who is the director of Elvis. He also did Moulin Rouge and he did The Great Gatsby with Leonardo DiCaprio. I love Moulin Rouge, like love, love, love. I watch it. I can quote it. It's one of my favorite movies. But The Great Gatsby, I fucking hate it. I hated that movie. Now, so I was coming into this, like, I don't know what to expect. And then, of course, I've seen all the clips of Austin Butler seemingly being, he's trapped as Elvis. Like, this man cannot shake it. Like, he can't seemed to like let the voice go because he was in character for two years playing this role. And so of course I was like laughing about that. I was like, Oh my God, what a freak. Like he's giving Lady Gaga on a press tour (laughs) because if guys, if you don't know what a Lady Gaga press tour looks like, please, please Google. It's wild. I love it. It's so dramatic and amazing. So that's kind of what I was expecting or I was kind of expecting like it to be cringe or something. Like I didn't really know (sighs) this movie. 
is incredible. <laughs> it's glittery. It's colorful. It's bright. It's loud. It's, it's got so many like twists and turns and not plot twists. I'm talking just camera twists. Like the camera just spins around and suddenly, you know, it's, you're watching the girls in the audience, like throw their bra at him. And then you're watching his like dick wiggle in his pants. Like it's like a close up. It's wild. And Austin Butler gives a performance of a fucking lifetime. And I will never make fun of him again, ever for the voices that he does ever. Because this man carried that fucking movie on his back. And I am wholeheartedly telling you right now, I will be shocked if he's not Oscar nominated. Like, I will I will riot. I will seriously start a one-woman march to get Austin Butler that fucking Oscar because it's, a, it's an incredible performance. And I have a confession to make, and it's a really embarrassing one, and it will scream only child to you. But I was obsessed with Elvis as a kid. And I'm not talking like, oh, my mom would like put on a like an Elvis song and I would just be like, woo, like I loved it. No. I'm talking I was obsessed with him. I was watching all of his fucking movies. I had his album. I still remember it. It's like gold and it says Elvis on it, obviously. I don't know why I said that. Um, and I had this like big blue book and it was like so – you can't see me, but it was very thick book. And it was like basically like a biography of his life. And I would carry it around with me everywhere. And mind you, I was in fifth and sixth grade. Well, my fifth grade obsession was Frank Sinatra. And then it slowly moved into Elvis. And then it slowly moved into dogs. I became really obsessed with dog breeds. Um, I, someone's going to diagnose me. I something, Something's going on. But I became, I become like hyper fixated on things. Anywho, I was obsessed. But since then, I have I had left I had left that part of me away. I tucked it away. I had locked it away. It's back. That part of me has emerged. She is back in action. I guys, I bring it up in every conversation. I had a meeting yesterday. I literally brought up Elvis. I can't stop. Gracie keeps sending me keeps sending me videos and pictures of Austin Butler as Elvis and then sends me Elvis pictures. Guys, he does something for me. And that, I mean, he did something for America. Honestly, the women of America were horny. That is one takeaway from this movie is like the women were horny as hell back then and the men were pissed about it because they were like, oh my God, this man's doing something for my girl that I can't do. That was like part of the plot in the movie. Now, they, in the movie, they really do talk about, um, like, his inspiration, like, where he grew up, like, where he got his, you know, sound from, which is really amazing. I'm glad that they gave, you know, B.B. King and, and the people he grew up around their due, because I feel like if they didn't, that would have been a real big problem. And... It's just really amazing. Like, it's just really good. I didn't get enough fat Elvis for my liking. I was really hoping that I would get a little bit more fat Elvis. Um, but overall, incredible. Oh, guys. Tom Hanks gives a performance that is shocking. He's in a fat suit. And he's playing Colonel Parker, I believe. 
and he kind of narrates part of them, like a lot of the movie um, because he was Elvis's like longtime manager and he does this accent. It's nuts. It's really nuts where he goes, Santa Claus, at least 30% of the movie. You have to see it to believe it. It's fucking wild. Someone tweeted, they were like, Austin Butler gives the best performance of his career and Tom Hanks gives the worst in the same movie, but yet it's incredible. Um, you don't get a lot of Priscilla due to the, I think, complicated nature of their relationship. You don't know what I'm talking about? Google that. Um, but yeah, great. Our my friend Grace and I are just obsessed and we keep we the we left the movie and we couldn't stop talking like Elvis. We kept looking at each other and be like, hey, mama. Like we can't stop. I have Set, it's been days and I still can't stop. So please, please go watch it. Now, of course, friend of the podcast and my co-host of Shortcuttings, Chris Lewis, said he walked out. So I said, you should give it another chance. He won't, I don't think, but he should. Um, Next up, that was something I want to talk about is news that just broke yesterday. Khloe Kardashian is having another baby with Tristan Thompson via surrogate. Now, when I first saw that headline, it's a little misleading. I will say, because it seems like, oh my God, like just now this surrogate is pregnant with the baby. Like it just happened. No, the baby is due within days, according to TMZ. Um, and Chloe and Tristan did this in November of 2021 is when they got the surrogate and everything, which then leads me to doing the math in my head. Tristan Thompson's baby with Marley Nichols was she gave birth in December. He knew he is such a fucking scumbag. He knew that she was pregnant and going to give birth because he had given depositions and everything like that to lawyers in secret without anyone finding out, as we learned on the Kardashians on Hulu. And still went ahead with the surrogacy with Chloe. That's deranged behavior. That's like, that is like, it's giving Nick Cannon, but like Nick Cannon is like very involved in the process and everyone is aware of what's going on. So this is like that, but times a hundred. Tristan Thompson already has, I think four kids. And I know that during the show, when Kim found out about all of this, they filmed it, obviously, God bless, that, you know, he, Chloe really wanted a boy. Like, she really, really wanted a boy. And Marley Nichols, the trainer that he had a baby with, had a boy. And so that, I think, was like a little gut punch. But I want to know, like, why didn't they talk about the surrogate on the show? Because at that time, they all knew that this was happening. Maybe it was too early in the pregnancy. Maybe they just are saving it for season two or season three. I don't know. But guys, this is a family that they're just, they just keep on giving. But I do wholeheartedly believe that Chloe is not in a relationship with Tristan. I think she was at the time, obviously. But since, I'm sure she's just like cut him the fuck off is over it and just co-parents with him. But then this leads me to a thing, like it's a thing in the Kardashian women's like mind that they have to have the same biological father for all of their children, no matter really what is going on, it seems. 
like look at Courtney and Scott. They had like such a tumultuous, insane relationship and they had three kids together. Kim and Kanye, I mean, I given the hints she's given us behind the scenes had a very, you know, crazy marriage at times as I mean, publicly <laughs> we saw. And then now we have Chloe. I don't know what Rob's doing. I forget Rob, you know, is around. Um, Kylie, same thing. Like she just had another baby with Travis Scott. I don't know really about anything about their relationship. I don't really, I like my Kylie, but I don't need her to be on TV. She's not a reality star. She's not giving us what we need. Kendall, get her off my screen forever. Um, another breaking news. Jen Shaw is pleading guilty. Let that sink in. Jennifer Shaw is pleading guilty to all of the charges. Now, I'm looking all of you little Shaw squad people in the eye because here's the difference between me and the Shaw squad people. I always knew she was guilty, but I find her charming and... I think she carries that show on her back. And I get how she swindled the elderly. Like, she's a very charming, persuasive person. And guess who's fucking pissed is Andy Cohen. He went on his serious radio show, and he is furious. He's like, she lied to my face. Like, I asked her all these questions, and she just continuously lied and was believable. Well, that's questionable. But he even said, he was like, it's so weird because you become friends with these people. Like you talk to them all the time. You, you know, they film. I mean, they just, he said, he's like, we just filmed another season and this whole time she was proclaiming innocence. And now she's literally the day after Meredith Marks says, innocent until proven guilty. And then Jen's like, well, that's not me, girl. So then it makes me sad for Jennifer Shaw's mom because I mean from what we saw in the show her mom like took out all of her retirement to help Jen fight this now is coach gonna leave her what's the sentencing comes in November which is after BravoCon so Jennifer Shaw better be making her fucking way to BravoCon I need to see her in the flesh um I don't know why I keep calling her Jennifer Shaw just like I like it um yeah I I, I don't know. I, here's my prediction. I think Jen Shaw is going to do like seven years. That's what I think. She's going to do seven years. This isn't a Teresa situation where cameras can go down for a year while she does her thing at Danbury Correctional Facility. Jen Shaw is going to like the clink. Like this is, this is, this is going to be a doozy. Okay, so enough of that. Let's talk Real Hustles of Beverly Hills. Okay, I have a question. Why in God's name is this season 22 episodes? Why? It doesn't need to be. It does not need to be. You know what seasons need to be 22 episodes? Real Hustles of Ultimate Girls Trip. Real Hustles of Miami. Real Hustles of New Jersey. Why in God's name... Am I stuck watching this show for 22 fucking weeks? I'm exhausted already. Listen, 
there are high points and there are low points. But most of the episode, I was like, this is it? This is what we're getting? Kyle with a snowblower? I don't give a fuck about Kyle and her snowblower. I don't care. I'm over Kyle and her and her antics and her shtick. It's just bizarre to me. She's like, you know, in California, it's really hard when, you know, it's Christmas time and there's no snow. You've lived in California your whole life. What are you talking about? It's not like she's from Vermont and like misses the homeland. She's literally from Beverly Hills, as she always says in every single tagline every single year for the last 12 years. Ugh. But you know what? I do love like the new class of Beverly Hills women that are coming in. I appreciate them when they're on screen. I'm watching them. Obviously, this excludes Diana Jenkins, the one and done from hell. Uh, but Garcelle is amazing. Garcelle is like just giving the show heart and she's giving the show. She's honest. Like she looks these women in the eye and it's like, why are you doing this? She looked Rinna in the eye at this at that party in Sutton Swamp where she's like, Rinna, you weren't even there. Like, why are you coming so hard for her right now? Like, you weren't even at the party. And I was like, fucking thank you. And then she's always on Kyle's neck. Always. <laughs> like, she does not let Kyle rest. And I love that about her. Now, her and Dorit, I feel like, have an actually really good relationship. I know that they... We're just together with Andy. Um, so clearly there is a friendship there. I do think Dorit wants to, I think Dorit wants to leave the flat force vibe desperately, but she just doesn't know how to get out of it. Cause I see those wheels turning slowly, but they're turning. And she's like, the comment Erica made is wrong. How Kyle's reacting to this is wrong. Because Dorit's like the only one really that's not saying something. But girl, you're on Housewives. We need you to speak up. Need you to speak up. Um, also, I have, I have a confession. And this is, this is something that I think we all need to be honest about. Is that Aperol spritzes are disgusting. And when I saw Kyle Richards order a blackberry Aperol spritz, my stomach like flipped. I don't get it. I have tried my fucking hardest to love an Aperol spritz and I can't do it. I can't do it. Aperol is disgusting. It's like, it's like grenadine's like ugly little sister. It's not right. It's not right. And I will not be bamboozled into thinking that this is a delicious drink. That will not happen. That I'm sorry. I had to get that off my chest. I literally have it in my notes. We have to be honest about the Aperol spritz. This is important to me. And if you agree and you're one of the ones that you've been hiding in the shadows like me, fighting the good fight secretly, I'm here for you. Okay. The thing with Erica's apology to Garcelle is, guys, it seemed really sincere. I got to be honest. That apology seemed really genuine. She really was, she was explaining herself in a way where she also gave room to like, but I fucked up. And I really appreciate that in an apology where it's like, 
let me explain my side, but I also am sorry because I see how it is now or I see how you feel or something, you know, I just really appreciated that. Even Garcelle was like, God damn it, Erica. She's like, I didn't want to like this apology. And guys, Erica might have some Jen Shaw on her. She might be a little charming, not as charming as Jennifer Shaw, but I, that apology was good. So they're having this nice moment and Kyle is just making faces and Garcelle is like, what is your problem? Why are you doing this? Like, we're having a moment right now. This actually isn't about you for once. And you're bothering me with your faces and the looks to the camera. It's like very Jim Helper, but like enough, enough. And Kyle's just like, well, Erica hasn't done this and Erica's never let loose. Erica's never let loose. Yelling at a child and telling him to fuck off is not letting loose. That's not letting loose. Letting loose is like, flashing like you're you know or like skinny dipping not against anyone's will obviously but like skinny dipping or like you know taking belly shots or something I don't know letting loose is not yelling at someone's child and I think it's actually crazy that that's the side Kyle chooses it's like Kyle cannot ever be on the right side of history ever look at her sister Look at Kyle and Kim. Rinna said her sister was close to death and came for Kim relentlessly. And Kyle was still like, well, Rinna's got a point. It's like, what are we fucking doing here? She just can't fucking help herself. And it's so frustrating to watch because it's like, I think in the moment she really thinks this is what viewers are going to believe, or this is what viewers are going to want from me. And it backfires every single time, every single time. Um, and another thing is like the flop force five, it's like, it's an alliance that's a failing alliance. And it also just, it's not like giving us anything. Like they were just sitting there in silence, just staring at their shoes while all this was going, it's just, I'm like, what are we doing here? We got to, we got to get going. We got to do something. Step it up. Rina seems to be very MIA this season, in my opinion. Now that could change with the apps, like the Aspen trip with Kathy and stuff. So she might just be, you know, they might be holding her back from us until we get too much Rina at the end of the season. I don't know. But, you know, I think, I mean, her mom did die. What am I talking about? I'm like, <laughs> Jesus. I'm like, where has she been? And then I'm like, oh yeah, her mother just died. Okay. Never mind. That's why she's not really around. Um, and then we meet Sutton's little assistant and he was named the snatch guard. And you guys, that made me miss Roni so much. I miss those fucking bitches so much. I miss Ramona and Sonia and Luann. I miss, I miss them. I miss our girls. They were like, they were my lighthouse, you know, like when I was lost at sea, I could look forward and see Roni in the distance. It was coming. And I know they're filming in August. I don't know what we're going to get. I don't know who we're going to get. I know Luann and Sonia seem to be filming their own show right now, a travel show giving Oprah and Gail. So I don't know what we're getting. I'm, 
I'm nervous. I'm nervous because I fucking love that show so much. And it, I'm going to be devastated if it gets ruined. I mean, if you think about it, it's actually really wild. We didn't get a reunion last year. It's actually fucking crazy if you think about it. But anyway, um, let's talk about Diana. <laughs> I need a sip of coffee before I talk about Diana. Okay. Diana Jenkins is a weirdo. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe her. I find her to be so odd. I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't get what her purpose was on this show. I don't know why she came on this show. If you have that much money, like she does, I, you would never hear from me again, ever. I would be living my life in solitude, just rolling around in money. I would get one of those money guns and shoot it all over my apartment. I wouldn't be in an apartment. Oh my God, the poor jumped out. I would be in my house. And that's, that's where I would be. I would not be on a reality show fighting Sutton Strack over, you know, eggs. Like I wouldn't be doing that. I would be gone. So I'm like, why are you on this show? And then her weird younger boyfriend and they have like, and then her son lives with them and then his girlfriend lives with them. I don't really get it. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about her past. I'll let you guys read between those lines because I'm not trying to get sued. There's a lot of talk about her past. And I'm just wondering, I... If that is the skeleton that you have in your closet, why the fuck are you on reality television? Because if we know anything, after watching these women for 100 years, if you have something to hide, it's going to come out. That's just the nature of the show. So it's very odd to me that she seems so confused when people like ask her about this book. And mind you, Rinna was the one that asked about it. Her friend. Her quote-unquote friend. So... The solo scene with her talking about horseback riding for Bosnia, I was like, I don't give a fuck. Fast forward. I tuned out. I like, you know, walked around my apartment. was just like, I don't care about this. Then we get that strange sit down with Diana and Sutton. Where Sutton was like, I was trying to relate to you about your miscarriage by telling you about mine. In no way, I, I genuinely don't think Sutton was even trying to want, no one's trying to one-up someone about a miscarriage, okay? That's deranged. The fact that Diana would even think that tells me everything about her. Because it's like, maybe that's what you would do. But also, her issue with Sutton comes off very, like, it comes off like she was told when she came on the show as Rena's friend, Crystal's friend, et cetera, to come for Sutton because Sutton keeps poking holes in her argument and she just keeps switching them. And I'm like, what is your fucking problem? What is your problem? That is what I ask the entire time she's on my screen is what is your fucking problem with Sutton? It's bizarre. Sutton's like, you're rolling your eyes when I bring up my miscarriage. That's crazy. And then she keeps calling Sutton fake, but then says that she, Diana herself was fake. And Sutton's like, okay, 
what? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what Diana was thinking coming on the show. I, I genuinely think she, in the moment she thinks she's doing something. She's like, I'm making great TV. And in reality, she's not. I will be shocked if she comes to the reunion. I don't know in what in what world this woman continues on this show. I can't even imagine her continuing on this show like the rest of the season. I'm like, what, what is your role here? It's very weird. Um, and I find it even weirder that these women are defending her. I'm like, what did Sutton ever do to these women that makes them hate her so much? I just don't get it. Um, yeah. So I'll leave Beverly Hills there. I'll leave it there. We'll pick up next. We'll pick up there next week. I'm sure. Um, also one thing I have to say actually before I stop talking about Beverly Hills is I was watching Beverly Hills a few weeks ago with my boyfriend and he goes, is that Sonia Morgan about Diana? And I said, first of all, how do you know who Sonia Morgan is? And no, how dare you? I was appalled that he would even suggest that my sweet Sonia with a sexy J is Diana Jenkins. I'll leave it there. Want a smoother contour and more youthful looking cheeks? Rediscover a younger looking you by adding volume to the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC, part of the number one selling collection of dermal fillers based on January 2022 provider survey data. With help from Juvederm Voluma XC and a licensed specialist, you can achieve a more youthful cheek look completely customized for your goals. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us are already planning our New Year's resolutions to work out more in 2023. But let's face it, they rarely stick. Well, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, cycling shoes, heart rate monitors, and more with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Don't wait. Get this offer before it ends on December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Okay. Let's, let's talk about Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2. The best show on television. Well, that's not on television. It's on, it's on Peacock. It's coming to Bravo. This season of Ultimate Girls Trip has been a dumpster fire in the best way. There has been chaos, makeups and breakups and fights and kissing and you know, I, I don't even know. Every week there's something new to like lay your eyes on and there's a new fight and a new, you know, friendship forming. And there's, I, I can't get enough because these women are nostalgic for me. Except for Eva, no offense. I do think Eva's having an amazing season. I do not think she needs to come back to Real Houses of Atlanta. I do think in this situation she's thriving 
Um, but I don't mean like shade to her. I just mean like, I didn't really, she doesn't have the same place in my heart as like a Phaedra, a Vicky, a Jill, you know? So it's just different. These women, like I grew up with these women. These women raised me. These women were my crazy aunts that I would watch every night from the years of 2008 to like 2015. Oh, well, Phaedra left, I think, a little later than that. It doesn't matter. But you get what I'm saying. So to see all these women in a house together in the fucking haunted mansion that is the Bluestone Manor, I look forward to it every Thursday morning. I wake up, I have my coffee, and I just I just sit with it. I let it wash over me. It's it's a perfect palate cleanser to Beverly Hills the night before. Because you go to bed kind of like, I go to bed kind of agitated after Beverly Hills. I'm like, oh, I get kind of angry. I wake up, I feel good. The birds are chirping. The sun is shining. I love it so much. It's it, I smile the whole time I'm watching it. Even when they're fighting over really dark, dark things, such as Russell Armstrong. Now, we all know what happened to Russell. Very dark. And I'm still smiling because I love seeing them together. Um, Vicky is really coming in, coming out of the depression of Steve Lodge, breaking up with her the day before she came. That's tough. I'd, I would have a hard time. I mean, they were together for, I didn't realize how long they were together. I honestly forgot because they really dated towards the end of her run on the show. And I have to say last week, I didn't do a podcast, but last week's episode, Tamara finally said what I've been saying for years is that Vicks, Vicky and Brooks, they were fucking, <laughs> they they had a passion for each other. They had a chemistry and she still loves him. I'm sorry. I'm with Tamara on that a hundred percent. I'm with Tammy Sue that Vicky still loves Brooks and he's the one that got away. And I think that if it wasn't for the show and people wanting him gone for, I don't know, faking cancer, Vicky would still be with him. That's my truth. And Steve Lodge just wasn't, he wasn't doing it for her. He wasn't doing it for Vicky is insatiable. You know what I'm saying? Vicky's love tank, it's never going to be full because it, she needs so much. So Steve Lodge wasn't giving it to her. But anyway, I'm glad Vicky's coming back. But I'm glad Vicky's kind of ready to whoop it up. Vicky said, Vicky has these moments like where she's so unintentionally funny. And that's what makes her such a good housewife is... When she's on the bed and her Tamara's like on the verge of tears just due to the stress of being in Bluestone Manor, just the stress and the energy that Dorinda has put upon them all. It's like literally her voice is cracking. Vicky starts getting emotional. She starts talking about death. And Tamara is like, she's always talking about death, always. And then we get that amazing flashback of Vicky in the woods in Costa Rica. It's one of my favorite clips. And it's like, Someday we're all going to die. And they're like, Vicky, we're planting trees. What the fuck is going on right now? It's so funny. And Vicky just goes, everyone will say that she died sad if I died right now. And the room just like combusts with laughter because it's so dramatic and so Vicky. 
And it's just, oh my God, it gave me such a giggle. I was like, God damn it, Victoria. Now, her thoughts on the vaccine are questionable at best. Uh, crazy, actually, but that, that quote really got me. It got me good. Um, and I really appreciated the walk that Phaedra and Tammy Sue had, you know, walking the grounds of Bluestone Manor. I love that Tamara said that she was going to go work out and it was just a walk, just a brisk walk. I mean, it's more than I do, but I'm just saying. Um, and Phaedra's looks, she looks stunning in that little tangerine jumpsuit. Oh, so stunning. Um, and Phaedra is such a Scorpio. I relate to her so much because she's very observant. Like if she's in a new situation, she kind of sits back and observes. And I do that too. I'm not shy. I just like to take in every what's going on and like the personalities for a second. And then I'm good. Um, I've always been like that. But so when Tamara was like, you're really private, like you don't really talk about yourself. That is such a Scorpio thing. Like you're very private. You're very selective with what you share. Um, it's not secretive. Like you're not trying to be like, you know, holding all these secrets. You're just, you're just private. You're just a private girl. So I really like that moment with them together where they got to talk and Phaedra opened up about how she's dating. He's a physician, you know, but she's like, I don't want him in my house. She was like, I do not. And I didn't know that Apollo appealed the divorce. I didn't know you could do that. That's psychotic. Anyone that does that is a wackadoo, if you ask me. Like, just be divorced. Get over it. He was in jail. Like, what was she supposed to do? I'm sorry. She felt betrayed. He was lying to her and his family. And that's not cool. So she's like, I had to divorce him twice. I was like, that is crazy. And I can't believe Apollo makes an appearance on the season of Real Housewives of Atlanta, by the way, with that thick scarf, <laughs> that insane scarf that's like so chunky. It's really crazy. But anyway, so that was really nice to see them have that moment together, her and Tamara, where Tamara was like, oh, I know about crazy divorces. She's like, it brings the worst out of someone. Um and then Tamron made maybe the smartest decision she's ever made when she realized that Phaedra is the only one in the house that can get through to Dorinda, that can come to Dorinda from a place of love and peace and tranquility and get her to figure her shit out. Because Dorinda is terrorizing these women. <laughs> Dorinda is going from room to room like a Miss Hannigan and terrorizing them. And she's got to cool it. She's got to stop. She's got to knock it off. Uh, because here's my thing. And Dorinda was having this conversation with Jill and she's like, you know, I'm actually really, you know, uh, she's not very social unless she has to be, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, then, then why do you do this show? where you're literally locked in a house with seven other women. <laughs> like, then why are you doing this? I mean, obviously the money and the fame. Okay, so that's why she's doing it. Never mind. I just worked that out of my head. Okay. Um, also, Brandy, I really has such, she has such moments of clarity. And she was speaking such truths with Dorinda, where she's like, 
stop saying that you're put on pause. You were fired. I know Andy Cohen said pause, but you were fired. And the truth is, she was like, if you keep acting like this, you will never be brought back. And that is what I've been waiting for because it's like Dorinda doesn't fully, she didn't fully grasp why she was put on pause. She's not understanding that the behavior that she is, you know, that's on display this entire trip is the reason why she was fired. She's a menace to society. And I am Dorinda's like number one fan. And I have to be honest with myself, look at myself in the mirror and be like, Dorinda's rotten to the core. That's just the truth. So I was so like in the moment, I was like, yes, Brandy. I was like, fuck yes. You know, because ah, I've just been waiting for that. I've been waiting for that moment. And I was a little nervous about the winery trip. I was really nervous because when these women are drinking, you know, should go south, as we know. Um, but it was a really beautiful trip. Like, and I think that was Phaedra's doing. Phaedra just has that kind of energy. She brought her little prayer book. She wrote, she read a little passage. She was brought to tears. Dorinda as well, Vicky. You know, Tamara made a face, like, oh, sad face. It was a beautiful moment. And I think what I need from Taylor Armstrong, I need Taylor to just be honest with that. She doesn't love Brandy. And that's okay. You don't have to love her. The woman said a lot of hurtful, horrible things about your deceased husband and you and your abuse that you endured it's okay to not love her. And it's okay to just say that. I think Brandy would respect her a lot more if Taylor was just like, you know what? I actually don't like you because you said really mean things to me. It hurt my feelings. I think that that would be a path to friendship ultimately. If Taylor would just be honest, because I think Vicky, I think not Vicky, I think Brandy really responds well to that. Like it's very Bethany. Like if you just are honest with her and it's like, listen, I don't fuck with you like that. She'll be like, okay. And then you guys can both understand boundaries with one another and then slowly inch your way together. It's a, it's just the way of the world. It's just the truth. Um, the flashbacks this episode were gold. Were gold. I mean, that was the fucking heyday of Housewives. Now I'm sitting watching Diana Jenkins and her bedazzled Gucci hat talk, you know, to Sutton Strack about crazy craziness. That makes no sense. And before we we had women on camels, I did love that when, when they were talking about their favorite moments from the show. They all went around the table and said their favorite moments. And Jill goes, I loved Morocco. <laughs> and, and Brandy goes, oh, that was when you guys were on all the camels. And guys, that was an iconic trip. Season four gets shit on of Real Houses of New York. And it was seriously one of the best. The Morocco trip is iconic. When Jill goes on that camel and then Luann's getting like bucked off. Jill, they go to that fortune teller that tells Ramona that there's another woman with Mario and she's convinced that it's Avery and it's not. It's that other woman. Nuts. Love it so much. Um, and then, you know, Phaedra said it was her giving birth to her boys. Like that was so sweet, Mr. You know, little Aiden remember in the car when he says I'll always be your baby I lose my mind I cry every time um 
Taylor really liked the dancing. And then we got a nice little montage of Camille shaking her thing, <laughs> twirling and swirling. God, that is such an iconic moment. And it's so funny to me. And it's like season one of like Beverly Hills. And that's when these women were just nuts. Like, oh my God. It was so good. It was so good. And Vicky, you know, with the moment with Michael where she busts in on him in college and does a keg stand. It's just not the same. They just don't do it like that anymore. That's why we need to get the fucking professionals back in. I don't want any more. I'm, I'm tired of the new people. I'm tired of giving people chances. I want some old people back on these shows because they, they knew what they knew what to do. And I think about this quote that Tamara judge says, said before, where she said, Vicky and Ramona treated every season like it was their first season. And that quote just like sticks with me because it's so true. Like these women showed up, did their jobs, but they also were themselves. And you, it's hard to get that now. It's rare. New Jersey, I think, does a really good job because all of them have such organic relationships with one another, like real, real friendships. Same with New York, Orange County with Vicky and Tamara, early day Beverly Hills, like all those women really did know each other. And now I'm like being introduced to Diana fucking Jenkins. Who? Like, I don't care. So guys, that's where I'm at. <laughs> I just ranted and raved for about 45 minutes. Um, I'm so glad to be back. I'm so glad to talk to everybody. Um, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe where you ever listen to podcasts. And follow me at Bravo Historian on Instagram and at Takers Aloft on Twitter if you want more unhinged thoughts. If you could believe it, they get more unhinged over on Twitter. Um, and I will see you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Bye. A Huda Media Production.